Welcome to the Conservation Queens podcast. We are four girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real-life zoo employees, and as always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Please keep in mind that we try to keep our podcast PG-13, so if you have younger listeners, you may want to review the content content beforehand. (laughs) I'm Katie. I'm Abby. I'm Emily. And I'm Kenzie. And with that... Let's talk about some stuff. We're back, baby. Wow. Why did you make me like almost cry? Oh, <laughs> already okay. again. It's been so long. Oh my god. It has been. Wow. Yeah, Katie, do you want to tell us at well, let's just go around and say <laughs> why was there a hiatus? What the heck happened? Well, first of all, sorry we didn't tell y'all we were going yeah. on a hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we knew we were in a hiatus until it was like three months in and we were like, oh, wait a minute. This is a hiatus. Uh, yeah, we basically ghosted you all, so deep apologies for that one. But we've all been very wrapped up in this game we call life. Uh, I, ha- I mean, y'all know I got a full-time zookeeping position and, you know, it's my dream animals and all that. Yeah, so- yeah, yeah, but also... Full t- <laughs> I was going to say full time is a lot of work. I good got part. engaged <laughs> as well, um, which is a very exciting thing. Yeah. And uh, planning a wedding is hard. It's a lot. <laughs> what? It really is a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that's what happened with me. I got a new job. Woo! Yay! Yay! Woo. So Emily and I, still the dream team, still working together, but a new role. Uh, and I also am currently working on my master's degree and I'm starting to get to the part where it's a lot. So mm. it's a lot. I feel that. So yeah. Yeah. It, it's a business degree. So it's not in my wheelhouse of what I normally do. Um, and my brain's falling apart. So that's what's going on with me. Um, I got married. Yeah. Ah! Did that. It was beautiful. She talked about claspers in front of everybody. It's true. It's true. I interpreted my own wedding as I said I would do. Um, most people said that's a joke, right? And I said, you bet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have the new job with Abby. So we're just living our best lives. Uh, the Abby and Emily show is alive and well. It's a lot. It's a <laughs> lot. In the, fact, the we people seem to like much, it. But, you know, Kenzie, what, what happened with you? Well, um, I am not engaged yet, yet, nor am I married yet. That's okay. Being engaged is a requirement. But I do have a new job. Sadly, I left the zoo field because money. Yeah. So naturally, I went into the lucrative business of becoming a public educator. Wow, wow. How's that going? And, um, it's no happening. Comment. No comment. <laughs> it's happening. That's a no good way to put it. It's it is one of the most demanding and stressful jobs. And sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and go, Why did you go to a field that is experiencing a mass exodus? <laughs> Truly pour one out for our educators. Right oh my now. god, every day. Let me tell you, we are not riding the struggle bus. We are driving the struggle bus. And I think you're being run over by the struggle through. bus. You know what? Actually, that's a better description. That is a much better description because it's <laughs> not Ellie enough. agrees. I'll say Ellie's into it. I don't it's know what her problem is. Improv and She's educate. mad at DeSantis. Uh, oh, shit. 
I love my kids. A lot of them are very smart and very resilient, but there's just not enough going on to support them or to support teachers. And poor pay is one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I say, as I am getting paid more than I did at my last job, but you know, it, it pays the bills for now, you know? All right. So Katie, what are we looking to do here in the future? What we're looking to do is we're really trying to get right back into it with you guys and release uh, four episodes over four weeks, and then we'll take a one to two week break or hiatus. I mean, that would be a very short one. And then come back again with four new episodes again over four weeks. We're thinking episodes are going to be shorter than they used to. Um, We're not going to do zoo conservation and beluga news every week now, just because that um took up most of our episodes and we want to try a new recording schedule for us so instead we're going to do an entire episode each month recapping basically current events in conservation zoo and beluga news because we knew how much you guys loved those sections and yes. like we couldn't get we couldn't get just get rid of beluga news i know that would be a tragedy um so this change is something i mean we are we're trying it out right so Um, we're going to try it out, see what happens. We want to give you guys higher quality episodes instead of two hours of us like rambling, which, you know, is fine too. Um, but that way, you know, it is also easier on us, um, because, you know, with four of us, four separate schedules, it's very difficult to all get together. We started this podcast during COVID when everybody was sitting at home and didn't have anywhere to be seven days a week. Um, and now we all have somewhere to be every day of the week. Yeah. Adult friendships getting together what i know it's difficult best friend time has been rough but it's okay we're getting through it we are and we're back together so the gang's all back and we are so so thankful for all of you who have stayed with us and are still listening today we really appreciate y'all's patience and we love you all so so much and we look forward to interacting with you guys more in the future oh wait fan shout out fan shout out oh oh shout out Fan shout out to the two girls who yelled at me at my place of work <laughs> approximately two weeks ago, <laughs> yelled clear across the room and made my entire day. And I um, had nothing to do with it. And it was hilarious. Yeah. They basically were like, oh my gosh, Conservation Queen Emily, we love your podcast. And I was shooketh. Um, derailed my entire uh, tour that I was it giving was awesome. that day, but it was amazing. Anyway. All right. Let's get into it. Kenzie, oh. take it away. Yeah. All right. Let's go. So we are breaking up our conservation updates into several sections. We got policy and education outreach, Kay's conservation corner, of course, zoo news with Abby, always a pleasure. And last (laughs) but certainly not least, we got beluga news with Emily. So end on a bang. Bang, bang. All right. So to kick it off. Hello, it's me, Kenzie. And we're talking about (laughs) some policies that have been introduced of lately. Uh, You may have heard a couple of these out in the news, but one of the big ones, as we all remember, during the beginning of the parallelogram, back in March of 2020, (laughs) millions of people sought distraction from streaming platforms like Hulu, HBO, Netflix. I was definitely one of those people. Oh, yeah. Did I catch up on any of the shows I meant to? Absolutely not. Did I binge all of America's Next Top Model? Yes, I did. (laughs) Absolutely. You know what? If it's what kept our sanity... It's it was worth it. I don't know if it kept my sanity, but it certainly <laughs> helped. <laughs> well, nothing quite gripped folks' attention though, like the Netflix series Tiger King. 
which was a mishmash true crime biography pick and documentary series centered on the infamous Joe Exotic, Carol Baskins, of course, and a host of other wild characters, including the piece of wet human lettuce known as Doc Antle. Shout out to the girls from the Morbid podcast who came out with that statement or that description, wet human lettuce. It is my favorite description for people I do not like. So... On a side note, Doc Antle is now in jail, which is he should be. And so is Joe Exotic, as he Yay. <laughs> Now, Joe Exotic, of course, was best known for his GW Wildlife Park, where he bred and kept numerous big cats and other exotic species. Specifically, of course, tigers. I mean, the man made a music video singing about how much he loved tigers. Now, facilities like Joe's, however... Uh, did and do very little, if anything, to provide the proper care for these animals. And instead, they used these animals to exploit people's love for them. And it was a money-making scheme, essentially. So while Tiger King itself really centered mostly on the persona of Joe Exotic and surrounding cast, it did give folks kind of a brief snapshot of the neglect faced by his animals and also the danger that they pose not only to... Um, the animals themselves, but to the humans who interacted with them. Well, the good news is, as of January of this year, President Biden signed into law the Big Cat Public Safety Act. Now, this was actually a bipartisan piece of legislation, which is amazing in and of itself, given her current political climate. Um, And it actually passed the House and the Senate unanimously, which is really big. Thank God. Like, it shows this issue is not a political issue this was a a rights issue yes as most issues should be but yet this was definitely a much needed piece of legislation and it's really good to see this finally getting put into action and being enforced so what exactly is the big cat public safety act well essentially uh, this law bans private ownership of big cats like tigers lions leopards cheetahs jaguars and cougars Uh, Cub petting and cub feeding is no longer allowed as well. Now, yeah, right? Right round of applause. (laughs) They're cuddly, but it's really... They ain't, though. They ain't cuddly. They're not. I've seen them cuddly. Let me amend that statement. My cat's not cuddly, cuddly and she's, like, made to be in my house. (laughs) Listen, it is... They did that to themselves. That was their own fault. Well, we are smart enough to know that. Not a lot of people are. That's... Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, it has been proven that if we would die, our cats would definitely eat our carcasses. A thousand percent. percent. You know what? (laughs) And they can. We can't. Listen, I'm looking at my my babies are starving. Whatever. (laughs) Do what you got to do. I understand. So if you can imagine what a 10 pound house cat can do, imagine what a 300 pound tiger can do. So So, you got to step up your game. Right. So uh, this is another reason why this law was passed, not only to protect these animals, but also to protect people as well. These animals are beautiful. There is no doubt about that. But again, they don't make good pets, like at all. Uh, For the past 30 years, there have been over 400 documented incidents related to big cat pets, uh, resulting in numerous injuries and the death of about 24 individuals, including both adults and children. Now, because... Since this law has been signed to effect, uh, again, private ownership is no longer allowed. Only sanctuaries, universities, and zoos, like AZA facilities, are permitted to hold and care for these animals. So, 
Woo! This is good. This is where they're supposed to be. If they're not out in the wild, they need to be in a facility that has the resources and the knowledge to take care of them and won't exploit them for a quick buck and a picture. Um, you know what I'd love to see next? What would you like to see next, Katie? I would love to see the primate public safety. Oh, I know that. Amen. Like really bad. Would love that. Right. But that I can see being a lot more of a challenge. So it's fine. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there eventually. I just, I just always think of that news story that broke. Like, what was it? Ten years ago now, probably more. Where mm-hmm. that pet chimpanzee went on a rampage and tore a woman's face off. Yeah, I, I get yeah. people ask me about that all the time at work. Oh, they do? Oh. Yeah. It was, uh, no, it's okay. I mean, it's like they just, you know, people see our chimps and they're just like, oh my God, are they evil and want to rip our faces off all the time? And I'm like, not all the time. Not when they're not around people in a place <laughs> they shouldn't be. <laughs> I don't know, Ellie. I don't know what you mean. Anyway, so. It's whatever. Chimpanzees uh, have so many misconceptions surrounding them. But, like, I I don't really think anyone – I think people, even if they do get pinch, pet chimpanzees, know that that is seriously dangerous. I just don't think they care. But mm-hmm. it's the people that are getting tamarins and capuchins and, like, those smaller monkeys. Um, they. Yes. That's that's where the problem really lies. But yeah, absolutely. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think Abby, you're probably gonna talk a little bit about that later on oh, this episode. Oh god. Yeah. Sure is. <laughs> Hold on to your butts for that one. Um, but one other quick little side note. Another thing that popped up recently, actually as of about two, three days ago, maybe a week at most, the IECN has actually announced a new plan focusing on marine conservation policies that are going to center on inclusion and diversity with an emphasis on including local and indigenous stakeholders. Love that. Yes, which we definitely like to see because as we've seen in a lot of successful conservation programs, you have to get the local communities involved and often they have knowledge that you know researchers who are coming in from overseas aren't going to have access to. So... And these animals are right in their backyard. It's part of their heritage and their culture. So it's great that IUCN and other organizations are recognizing that and are working to make this a more equitable field. We love that. We love to see it. All right. It's time for Katie's Conservation Corner. I love this new name. It makes me feel like I'm in a little desk and the camera pans over to me and I'm just sitting there and there's like little jungle around me it's great so anyways diving right into it here's a couple of recent cons what is happening is that an echo i'm really sorry uh maggie's self-theater has my voice recording on it <laughs> <laughs> so listeners if you hear that i apologize oh my God. yeah just imagine hearing that at 5 30 in the morning when what you're does it up. say is it like you like come yeah, get your food yeah it's magnolia <laughs> stop food. it that is so magnolia. funny oh my gosh no she that was a so perfectly fine in- interruption um but i will dive right into some of the more recent uh conservation news that i have found for you guys um the first one is really awesome uh jonathan blah jonathan the i'm gonna butcher this uh say cellist torta giant shells Seychelles. Wow, thank you so much, Emily. <laughs> Coming in clutch. Seychelles giant tortoise, which is a subspecies of Aldabra tortoise, turned 190 years old in December. 
Wow. December. Oh, so man. happy birthday, Jonathan. Um, he's the oldest land animal that we know of and was hatched in 1832 and what? currently lives on the island of St. Helena. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's this just, yeah this this tortoise has seen a lot. <laughs> he's oh, been really? through he's been through multiple world wars and whatever. whatever. He's, he's been doing through great. all of the world wars. That's true. <laughs> he's been you through the civil war. That is ah! well. <laughs> so, That's yeah. too much for me. Happy birthday, Jonathan. Uh, we love tortoises. They're so incredible. Uh, for the another piece of conservation news, for the first time since 1977, zero rhinos were poached in India's parks um, nice. as of 2022. Yes. Uh, so in 2021, there was a new chief minister of the Indian state of Assam set out to put an end to poaching in the state's protected areas. Uh, about 20 months later... They were able to say that throughout the year of 2022, there were no rhinos lost to poaching, which hasn't happened since 1977. That's so amazing. it's a pretty big deal. Uh, basically, the task force created a database of past incidents of rhino poaching with details of when, how, and where they took place. Um, they convicted the convicted poachers that they did find had their phones monitored and local fishermen and villagers were brought on as informants to also just like notice any suspicious activity or any um, poaching activity that they saw. They plan on continuing uh, with this same intensity into this year to ensure that the cost of poaching is higher than the profit that they could possibly earn from poaching rhino horns, um, which I think is a great strategy, yes. you know, obviously just, yeah good job guys way to go uh this next piece of conservation news it was more of a viral video that i'm sure probably a lot of our listeners saw uh of a moose shedding its antlers oh cool this now crazy i don't know about you guys but i never really i don't know what i pictured when i pictured like moose shedding their antlers but it certainly was not what i saw in this video and i think that goes for most people that watched this video falling off yeah, yes, he just, like, like he just shook them off and, and they, they just, just fell yeah. and he was like, oh, geez. And he ran just away. Going. Like, so if you haven't seen it, please do yourself a favor and look up a moose shedding its antlers. It's from um, a home security camera of a moose just passing by their yard. Uh, but basically, I think it's just really cool to see. They grow and shed their antlers based on hormones that occur before, after and during breeding season. But when they do drop them, they just drop. They just fall right Come off on. their darn heads. It's crazy. And then he got a full set of moose antlers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, go Very do cool. yourselves a favor and watch that. Um, but this is probably my favorite piece of conservation news I'm going to share with you guys this episode. Uh, because, of course, it has to do with the bees. And I love the bees. Uh, so earlier this month, a biotech company announced uh, that the USDA granted them a conditional license for their honeybee vaccine. Uh, this like right off the bat sounds crazy because I'm picturing little honeybees going to the doctor and getting their little shots, but that's obviously not, not what's happening. So this vaccine in particular boosts the bee's immune system to fight against American Falbro disease, uh, which is a bacteria-based condition known to attack colonies uh, that is caused by a specific larvae. Obviously, honeybees are critical to our food supplies, uh, but they've been plagued by this disease, which until now really had no safe or sustainable antidote. 
Uh, previously, the only treatment method for the highly contagious disease was incinerating the bees, uh, infected hives, and all of the equipment, which just plain sucks. <laughs> Uh, but in order to vaccinate the bees, uh, they basically put an inactive version of the harmful larvae bacteria um, in a food source for the worker bees. So it's fed to the worker bees in a solution, which then gets incorporated into the royal jelly. So when worker bees um, find a source of food, they bring it back to the hive and they will bring it back up again uh, and make royal jelly which is fed to the queen of the hive. And when she's fed with the royal jelly that has this vaccine in it now, um, fragments of the vaccine are deposited into her ovaries and the larvae that are born have the immunity to the bacteria when they hatch. Wow. Science is amazing. Science is amazing. Uh, It's obviously very helpful for beekeepers who have had to rely on antibiotic treatments in the past, which are costly and time-consuming. So they're basically doing... A trial one, I believe it said later in this year, is when it'll be available for purchase for farmers. That's amazing. That's awesome. I love it. We love science. And my last piece of conservation news uh, may have been one that you guys have heard of already, but extremely important to everyone on this earth, is that the ozone layer is slowly but surely healing, according to a report from the UN. Um, At the current pace... The hole above Antarctica would be healed in 43 years. Um, This comes, you know, this uh, healing that we're seeing comes 35 years after every nation in the world agreed to stop producing certain chemicals that ate the ozone layer. Um, Scientists hope that this example of taking action to protect the ozone layer will protect, uh, will set a precedent for climate change in other areas like transitioning away from fossil fuels, reducing greenhouse gases, um, by showing that there is progress that can be made, that we really truly can reverse some of the effects that we put out there, which is really awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yep. And now it's time for <laughs> Bummer with Abby. <laughs> Got two kind of sad ones. My second one is very long, but I think it's something that we're all been talking about. Um, so it's an extremely important. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's very serious. important, but I do want to kind of zoom through so that we don't have a 50 year long episode. Um, so welcome to Zoodoos with Abby. Two bummers this month. So sorry about that. Sorry, but um, it's important. They are important. The first one is about the Cedric County Zoo. So in November of 2022, Cedric County Zoo had a baby chimpanzee delivered via C-section from uh, Mom Mahale. Boy Boom Boy's name was Kucheza. Yeah. Kucheza. Um, this is really exciting. So, I think it was the first baby born since 2010 to the chimp troop there. I oh, know. I don't know specifically, but the, the reason we're bringing this specific one up is this was a video that went viral too that I'm sure everyone has seen um it was a video of the well you keep oh no you just explained it was born via via c-section uh so they had to reunite chimp baby with chimp mom and the video shows the little baby was in like a almost looked like a basket and mom came into the room and his little hand reached up and she immediately ran over picked him up and started like holding uh him to her chest it was just a very like made me cry okay yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) moment of like people found it 
so relatable and so, you know, human-like and very uh, easy to sympathize with. So it, it went viral very quickly. Which is but awesome. Then, but yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> about five weeks after Kuchez's birth, he was found dead in his mother's arms. Oh. Um, they did a necropsy and they believed that the baby chimp died from a head trauma and the zoo believes it was an accident. They haven't been able to confirm exactly what happened, but um, unfortunately, it's not the last for this troop. Um, only a month later, twin chimpanzees were born six weeks premature to mom B at the same zoo, and those twins also did not survive. Um, there's no word on why the twins have passed yet. Um, the zoo says the entire troop is helping care for both B and Mahale as they both work through their healing processes. The keeper team is also watching over them closely. But I do want to say our hearts go out to the entire Cedric County Zoo family, especially the chimp keeper team. I can't imagine how hard that is. Yeah. And I think the thing that's hard about this is it went so viral. You know, everyone immediately fell in love with this little baby and wanted updates and people were following them. And like they got so many followers from that one video. And then, of course, you have this sad thing that happens. But this thing that does happen uh, pretty, you know, often more than uh, you think in a lot of different animals, but especially primates. And it's like, you know, then, then that zoo is open to, I guess, not negativity, but criticism for sure. People always have varying opinions on if zoos should post like animal deaths, um, including my own. Yeah. I'm, and we all have mixed feelings about it, but <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hard, but you run um, a risk. You run that risk of being a little, you know, on the sadder side rather than just like, oh, here's a cute photo of our rhino or something, you know, but you want to have that reality and that transparency of this happens too. Like this is it's also just a thing that happens sometimes. Yeah. Um. So that was, of course, a complete accident, but now we're going to move on to the Dallas Zoo. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which I don't, we've all been talking about this at work. I'm sure you guys have too. This is the craziest thing. I'm going to try to go through this fast because I'm going to go through the entire timeline. Um, it's wild. It's, it's a wild it's ride. Okay. So on January 13th of this year, 2023, the Dallas Zoo posted an Instagram post that read the zoo is closed today during, due to a serious situation. In the comments of this post, they explained there was a code blue, which means a non-dangerous animal, in this case, a clouded leopard named Nova, was out of her habitat. That afternoon, Nova was located in a tree only about 100 yards from her habitat, which is kind of that they expected. Apparently, a squirrel that was freaking out is what alerted them to her being in that tree, which is awesome. <laughs> um, and she was safely captured and evaluated by the zoo veterinarians. She had no signs of injury, settled back into her routine normally. But they noticed that the hole that Nova escaped through looked like it had been an intentionally made cut in the steel mesh of her habitat. So because of that, the Dallas police came into the zoo and did some investigations. And they noticed on January 14th, which is a day after, um, a similar cut was made to the Langer habitat. Langers are old world monkeys. A lot of them are really endangered, if not critically endangered. Luckily, none of the Langers escaped, probably because they were like, absolutely not. This is my house. I'm staying here. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I see that hole. And I'm going to say, no, thank no, you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but the police still added the evidence to their notes because that is, again, like kind of an unusual thing. Kind but of. Then, well, it's a very unusual thing. That same week, the Dallas Zoo added additional cameras around the zoo and increased their nighttime patrols. 
On January 22nd of 2023, the Dallas Zoo posted a picture on Instagram that informed their followers of the death of one of their lappet face vultures. It was reported the death was um, a vulture named Pin, who was 35 years old. Uh, lappet face vultures are critically endangered out in the wild. This is a huge loss, not just for the Dallas Zoo and their care team, but for the entire zoological community just because of the endangered status of these animals. Yeah. After a necropsy was conducted, the zoo concluded that Pin's death was not from natural causes, and, w- and he was found with a wound. It was a murder. Well, okay, I was talking to somebody. <laughs> we don't know that. We don't. I was know talking that, to somebody but... at work um, who used to work with vultures, and she said that she it was probably like an accidental. Oh, I yeah, 100%. murder because I think it was. A, I was trying to steal huge. this vulture, and uh, it ended up not like, being happy bad. about that. Yeah, we'll we'll speculate in a little bit here. <laughs> Yay. Um, but the Dallas Zoo uh, started offering a $10,000 award to anybody with information leading to the arrest of the vandals of the zoo. And then, most recently, on <laughs> the, the morning, thickens. this is like two days ago as of our recording here. On the morning of January 30th, 2023, the zoo reported that two emperor tamarind monkeys were missing from their habitat. Aww. Emperor tamarinds are considered least concerned on the IUCN red list. By Monday evening, the tamarind monkeys had not been found. The keepers reported that the habitat of the monkeys was intentionally compromised, but they didn't give any more information than that, which honestly is smart because then if somebody says something, you can be like, well, why do you know that, right? Mm. Luckily, yesterday evening, evening of January 31st, the Dallas Zoo reported the two tamarind monkeys had been recovered. They were found in an abandoned home in Lancaster, which is a southern suburb of Dallas. I feel so bad for those tamarinds. I'm glad they were recovered, but like the trauma... That must have put them through. I hate it. I mean, the good news is veterinarians at the Dallas Zoo reported that Bella and Finn, who are the two tamarins, they appear to be in really good condition. They've lost a little bit of weight, but they are eating and drinking normally, and they seem to be settling back into the routine just fine. So that's good. Yeah. Um, they're going to stay behind the scenes for now instead of going on exhibit uh, since they need to complete a quarantine period after being off of zoo grounds, right. which is just a standard thing. But this is an on- ongoing investigation. The Dallas police and the zoo have increased the reward to $25,000 for any information leading to the arrest of whoever is doing this. They do believe that incidents are all related. Yeah. So now to speculate wildy, it's not really speculating wildy. These are just kind of the theories that we have. We have no idea what the police are thinking. Again, all thoughts and opinions are our own. <laughs> um, but first and foremost, I think this is an inside job. Because Ooh. with the number of cameras that are out and the number of people that are on zoo grounds at all times, how have they not been caught yet? Right? That, That's one yeah, thing. I just... And it's not easy to catch a tamarind monkey. They are tiny. They are boogers. Like, it's not an easy job. But if it's somebody who knew them and maybe the monkeys were familiar with, maybe it's easier to catch. Um, the other ones seem not yeah. as, I don't know. Not as much. I mean, obviously, so, they weren't successful with any of the other ones, so... No, but it's it's hard. Um, w- there's a couple theories that I have of, like, why this is happening. One idea is that the zoo is being targeted by black market dealers um, because clouded leopards and leopard-faced vultures and langers and emperor tamarins are all extremely valuable on the black market just because of the nature of the animals they are. The other idea I thought of was that animal rights activists are intentionally letting animals out of their habitats or performing mercy killings because they believe animals shouldn't be kept in human care. But my only thing against that is activists usually are extremely vocal when they do stuff like this. They want people to know this was us, right? 
and nobody's come forward to say what was going on. And the fact that the Tamra monkeys were found alive in a house makes me think it was yeah, more Yeah, it does of not point to that at all. The other mm-hmm. theory is that somebody just really wants the Dallas Zoo to have bad press. Doesn't seem to be working. It seems like the community is pretty rallied against whoever's doing this to the animals. I will also say the Dallas Zoo has been incredibly transparent, probably more so than they ever have the right to be. Shout Um, out to that that. social media team and that PR team for doing literally the most, the best they could. This is how you handle this kind of situation. This this should be a textbook. You should be crystal clear. And they have been. They have been. They've told us everything there that we're, I think, allowed to know Mm -hmm. um, other than what the police have said, don't tell anybody and that is that's incredible the dallas police have also shared a photo of their suspect that they're trying to find and identify yes so go to their their social media pages if you know anything or know the suspect call the tip line maybe they'll get some money for it but the more important thing is that we keep these animals safe because they are in a really really good zoo the dallas zoo is not like a baby zoo this is a big zoo a baby zoo (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's it is a world class zoo. These animals are being very well taken care of. Yeah, clearly that they care about their animals very much, or they wouldn't be this transparent. But we don't know what's going on. I'm gonna still follow the story really closely and see if we can get any updates on it for next month's episode. But I'm definitely like losing my mind a little bit. I'm like, what is going on? Well, because it's scary. It's terrifying to think that for a zookeeper that. You know, something like that could happen to your animals. That's literally your worst nightmare. So I can't even imagine what they're all going through. And, you know, you you, you leave work and come in the next day and hope your animals are still there. Like, that's insane. And yeah. you know that you don't already have so much anxiety over, like, did I lock this lock? Did I do this thing? You already oh, have honestly. that anxiety. I've heard lots of stories about zookeepers literally having like lock anxiety. <laughs> well, no, like having like nightmares and having to like talk to their therapist about locks because they're so concerned about it and this can't help that at all so shout out to the whole dallas zoo team you guys are doing the best unless you're the person who's doing this then you're doing the worst all right let's turn this around yeah emily do you got some good stuff for us i have some interesting news all right so welcome to beluga news the best news um let's see okay so let's start off with the elephant in the room which is the killer whale that washed up in flagler county and not a beluga i know but um this is something i've been getting lots of questions about it's still weird well so here's the thing number one orcas are everywhere if you think that there's not an orca in the ocean you're swimming in you're wrong um you're just not seeing it that's (laughs) Um, a theory Correct, but they no, are the most widespread fun. mammal on earth besides humans. So they're everywhere. Don't think that there's no killer whales in your tropical ocean water because you're wrong. They're there. Um, the So this is only the second killer whale to wash up uh, since like the 70s in Florida. So it caused a huge commotion. Um, the killer whale washed up, whether it was alive or dead when it washed up remains to be seen, but um, it quickly passed away if it was not already. Um, when it got there, um, this is something that whales do. They will beach themselves to make it easier for them to breathe if they are very, very ill. Um, and so it was taken to SeaWorld here in Orlando um, for necropsy. Um, and then early results of that necropsy show that it had signs of some sort of illness, but they didn't quite disclose that yet. Um, it's still very early on for them to have results of that necropsy. Um, and then, cool thing, recent update. Um, this was just posted yesterday. 
Um, they took the killer whale um, after the necropsy up to uh, the University of Florida's campus, um, and they buried it to study the decomposition of the whale. That's so cool. neat. So, like, all of the headlines are like, killer whale buried at undisclosed location. We it's a body farm! Story. Yes, exactly. That's very amazing! Cool. Very cool. My school um, has a body farm. Very Not interesting. Whales, you can learn so much. Uh, let's see. So then here's actual beluga news. I have two pieces of beluga news. Um, one, well, I mean, they're both not great. One is good. Um, let's see. So first we've got our cook inlet belugas, which are the ones we're we're always talking about. Um, but there was a new report from the Alaska Marine Science Symposium, which happened last week, um, basically saying their numbers are perilously low, under 300 for the population. Um, and it is being blamed primarily on infant mortality. Um, however, that infant mortality is likely due to um, a combination of factors, including shipping noise, um, like vessel traffic, uh, low food availability for the parents, and uh, chemical runoff in the area from all of the um, like big operations, like mining operations and things like that. So um, not great. Not great news. However, there is some good news um, to those Cook Inlet belugas. So the EPA, thank you, Environmental Protection Agency, for actually doing your job, um, denied a <laughs> – hey, I shouldn't have to say that, but I do um, – they denied a mining permit um, to some big company um, in Bristol Bay, which is right on the Cook Inlet. Um, basically, this mining permit would allow them to dump a, a whole bunch of waste into the Cook Inlet. Um, but Why? the EPA said, hey, you will negatively impact these belugas. Hey, maybe we so shouldn't do maybe that. Maybe we don't do that. Um, it is also apparently the area where this um, mining was proposed is also part of the world's largest salmon hatchery and fishery. Uh, so they were like, how about we don't do that? Now, interestingly... The EPA has only vetoed, used their final veto power with justification from the Clean Water Act, which was passed in 1972. The EPA has only vetoed permits 13 times since they enacted the Clean Water (laughs) Act. And they have approved 60,000 permits in that time. Do better, EPA. Bad. That's all I have to say. Also, your cafeteria in your building in Washington, D.C. sucks. I know I oh, ate there one time. It was oh, cool. take oh. that. Take, take it, that. Take them down. Anyway. Because yeah, they didn't have sustainably sourced food. I don't know. I was like 12. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. so it could be different but, now. But it's important that she remembered that it sucked. Correct. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, just a couple more things. Number one, uh, apparently there is a, whether it's albino or melanistic or whatever you want to call it. There's it a looks pure, albino from the picture. There's a pure white rhesus dolphin that's been spotted off Monterey Bay, which is very cute. Rhesus dolphin. That sounds um, fun. Yeah, they're cute. Uh, and then, so here's a sad one, but we'll end on a good note, I promise. Um, so they have declared a UME, an unusual mortality event, um, in the humpback whales up in New York and New Jersey. Um, nine have washed up since December of 2022. Um, and they believe that it is... Uh, due to boat strikes. That is their most recent uh, theory, that they are all getting hit by boats. Um, Some scientists are saying, like, no, they're getting a disease. No, incorrect. They're all getting hit by boats. Um, Terrible. And then, lastly, good one. Here we go. So on January 20th of this year, um, Florida Fish and Wildlife, in collaboration with some uh, stranding experts up in Georgia, freed a North Atlantic right wheel from right wheel right whale from 375 feet of rope that it was entangled in um this was up near jekyll island in georgia so they did a great job cut him loose very good love Love that and that's all i got for you wow so many whale things all the whale things that was a lot 
Um, do we have any announcements other than we we're doing made, our best? We're back, to talk about baby. We're doing our best. Back streets, back. Oh, yeah. That's what I posted on our Instagram. <laughs> I just saw it. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. If you don't follow us on social media, please follow us on social media. Um, we're at Conservation Queens Podcast at many different places like Instagram and Facebook. Sorry, my husband just came in and gave me dinner. Um, well, that was kind. So please come and follow us on all of those places. Uh, yeah. We also have a Patreon. Um, if you've got questions, let us know. You can DM yeah. us on Instagram. Um, you can email us, conservationqueenspodcast at gmail. You can just yell at us from across the room. We like All yelling. of the above is fine. All right. And as always, thank you guys so much for joining us this week, especially for this episode. We are very excited to be back in the game and to talk more with you about all things conservation and zoo-related. So as always, get out there and stay sustainable. Bye. 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 Bye.